0: It is such a joy to share the word with you. Open your heart, get your get some pens out so that you can take some notes and learn. Let Holy Spirit speak to you in a larger way, okay? I'll say something to you. He might say 10 more things to you. So get ready to hear from him as well. Uh, I'm in a series called The Family of God. Uh, and in this series, uh, picture of Revelation 7 and 9 this is a spirit picture that we have from John uh, who is in in Revelation 7 who is been placed on a desert island it it was it was a place where they would put criminals there was no vegetation there there was no wildlife there they just placed you there to starve to death and uh, somehow God just kept him alive isn't that beautiful uh, these are historical realities, um, and Holy Spirit like to speak to all of us. But, but the picture that we have here is this beautiful family, blended family of God, and the difference here is that now we have uh, Jews and Gentiles. All right, you get this. This is a big deal. All right, this is a big deal. That the the doors would be opened. For others to come in. Now, at this point, it was happening already in the church when John received this revelation. However, uh, when it actually took place, when the church was actually birthed, and a diverse community of people began to worship the Lord, uh, it really blew people away. It was it was it was crazy. So, uh, we're going to talk about that today. I want to look in Acts chapter two, verse thirty-eight, and. Uh, and just kind of walk through some of these scripture and just talk about your promised family. Uh, you realize you're a family of promise, right? You realize that? We're a family of promise. and But the promised family, uh, the family of God, which we are, and we're focusing on that this month, that we are the family of God, what that family looks like, this beautiful blended family that we are, Acts 2.38, for the promise to, is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Now, hold on, because I, I use this and, and leverage this scripture in uh, unique ways. Uh, one of the ways that I do it is, and I think it's clear, how many know that God didn't save you just so you would be saved? Amen. He wants your children and your children's children saved. Do you understand that? Right? He wants you and your children. Okay. Uh, we got any kids in the children? What, what, how old are you when you're still a child? Okay, my my kids are in their 30s. They're still my kids. All right. So, uh, but when Diana was talking about teenagers, got any teenagers in the room? Where, where are my teens? Got some teenagers? Yes, one. All right. And yeah, a few other, There's some more right there. Any other? You got any like babies in the room? Wave your hand, babies. Wave your hands. So we got some babies in the house. <laughs> babies back here. Whoop, 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 whoop. Hey Bud, what's up? All right. Uh, do you know whose children they are? No. Well, yeah, they're gods. That's not what I was shooting for, though. I mean, you missed the bait, all right? Let me just set that a little bit better, okay? They're our children. Somebody shout, those are our children. Are we, all re- are we all responsible for those kids? Are we all? These are our kids, right? We want to make sure that our children uh, serve the Lord. Uh, our children know about Jesus, uh, and the danger and the reality of the danger is, uh, is statistically frightening uh, that you know, the church is losing most of its kids, all right? They are. Not, not this church, other churches, but I'm, I'm saying that the church kind of loses focus on the generation. We're so busy being blessed that we don't pass the blessing, all right? All right? And uh, kids, teenagers, we want to apologize for you, to you for that. We want to make sure that uh, we focus more and more on that next generation thing. Uh, so uh, let me show you these scriptures in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. For the promise uh, the promise is, then Peter said, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you. And to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Now, how many know this story in Acts chapter 2? His Pentecost Sunday. We've got to read it. Acts 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is the story of the birthday of the church, so I thought we ought to have birthday cake, so here we go. All right? Birthday cake, here we go. If we, come on, let's bring that on in. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday, dear us. Happy birthday to... Yay! Turn around, everybody. Okay, all right, here we go. All right, does anybody want to come blow out the candles? Okay, I need somebody. I know I got some kids or somebody. There, I knew it, I knew it. One, two, three, blow the candles out. Yeah! All right. Okay, stay right there, stay right there. All right, stay, here we go. Let me get these off the, off of them. Okay, how I many know that's the tough part, right? I tell you what, tell you what. Uh, these, this is like how many love cup, cake, cakes anybody like that so there's some cupcakes here if anybody wants one you can come get one alright alright that blue icing will make a mess of you alright so I don't know how many are there maybe a dozen or so so uh, if you don't come and get it you don't come and get it right now it's gonna be gone you need to get them come on right here fires right you alright hold on Fire's right here in the altar. If you're going to get it, you need to come get it before it's gone. Come on, come on. Anybody else? Anybody else want one? There's another six, seven, eight cupcakes right there. Yeah, right here, right here, right here. How yeah, you doing, know, sweetie? Good to see you. There we go. Yeah, you got the baby. Look. There we go. Yeah, look at him. I'm getting it for my daughter. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. I heard that. You know he's going to eat it. Got some more. Got some more. Look, anybody else want a cupcake? All right. So... I don't, it don't take me long to preach that, does it? Because uh, if, if you want it, you need come get it. Come on, preach faster, Rick. Right? Come on. I want the Holy Spirit. I want you to bring him to me. All right. You aren't even listening to me preach now. Okay, so uh, I want to preach to you today about the promised family And I'm not going to spend a great deal of time in Acts chapter two. My heart is very stirred today. If you hadn't noticed that, it's very stirred in some surprising ways. Nobody has talked to me. I can only tell you that my heart has been stirred, and I don't know how this is going to come out. Uh, So hopefully you will come back next Sunday, uh, even after I preach this. Unless you're—it's good to see guys all the way from Michigan. We love you all so much. Uh, but uh, this is a heavy sermon uh, in in places and one that you would not think would be preached, I think, on Pentecost Sunday. I'm going to preach it anyway, all right? Because this is in my heart. Uh, So we've already got... This is Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday is the day that we find 120 individuals in the upper room. Uh, They have tarried there probably for 10 days. This is in Jerusalem. Uh, Pentecost is not for us just about, uh, as far as the the traditional, uh, the tradition of Pentecost is not just about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. If you know that Pentecost is a festival that that, uh, Israel was already celebrating, it was a harvest festival. Uh, It took place uh, 50 days after Passover, thus Pentecost, because it has to do with 50. Uh, it was about harvest. However, all of the all Old Testament, all the stories, the feast are all uh, type and shadow. All of them tell a story. So if all you do is read it historically, you don't understand the story. Like, you know, if you don't understand that David killing the Goliath was a bigger story, and how many know it was a bigger story, Right. So these are, these are all important truths uh, in the Word of God. So Pentecost is about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. However, I want you to catch this, all right? So uh, a few weeks before uh, all of the, uh, the, the, these 120 disciples are at the upper room, a few weeks before what happened, Jesus was crucified in Jerusalem. How many remember Jesus was crucified? Anybody remember that? you forgot easter and all that okay so uh and then uh 3 days after jesus rose from the dead Amen. and uh so uh this is this is just this, this is what's going on all right because when jesus is killed how many believe that was a message yes. that was a message hey we are not putting up with this message of jesus anymore and the disciples dispersed uh they all go to Galilee, Jesus said, uh, before he died, he said, I'll, I'll see you in Galilee later. Uh, which is kind of funny, isn't it? Because you know, as soon as Jesus got crucified, these guys are getting it to Galilee. Uh, we need to go fishing again. Uh, because they're killing disciples. Peter actually got spoofed pretty, or spooked pretty bad uh, at the trial of the Lord Jesus. Because somebody looked at Peter and said, Aren't you one of his? You sound like one of those Galileans. You know, your voice kind of gives you away. Kind of like some of you, I can tell you're from North Carolina, because the way you say water, you know. Uh, Peter was just talking and hanging out, and he denied Christ three times. And you, do you see Peter hanging out at the cross? No way! He's out of there. Now John, he's there, but most all the disciples, they, they run. And uh, then... They come back and find out that Jesus has risen from the dead. They're still struggling, right? But then they go through uh, the resurrection, and then uh, for several days, they're all together. Uh, Many of them see Jesus. Jesus proves that he's alive. He appears to people one right after another. Uh, There were thousands that saw Jesus. So you wonder why the church took off. They saw Jesus alive. And so the good news is Jesus died first, Jesus rose again. So here we have Jerusalem because Jesus had told them uh, that they were supposed to go and tarry in Jerusalem until they were filled with the power of God. They were endued with power. He promised over and over and over and over and over and over again the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. He told them that you like me, but there's one who's coming after me, okay? It's, he said this, it's better for me that I go away because if I don't go away, the comforter will not come, the Holy Spirit will not come. But if I go away, I'll pray the Father and he will send you another comforter in the word Parakletos, which is one like myself. You love walking with me, I'm going to send somebody who will walk with everyone, and he is like myself. He is God in spirit. Jesus is God in flesh. God in spirit is with us. And he walks with me. Come on. He talks with me. Anybody like that? How many have that kind of relationship with him? So, but I still want to go back and say this, that we have disciples who have already been threatened, but after the resurrection of Jesus, he says, I want you to go and wait in Jerusalem. So they go back to the upper room. Anybody remember upper room? They go back to the place where they celebrated Passover, the place where they had met resurrected Lord, and they tarry there. They wait there. They worship there until we see this happen where the Holy Spirit, it sounds like a freight train, sounds like a tornado, and fills the house. The sound fills the house, and there is fire. I brought candles in a moment ago to signify that. There is fire. They... They have a visible representation of the, on that first day. It's a special day, right? First day. And it's like fire sets down upon, it's, it's like one blaze, but it's several blazes. Anybody ever looked at a fireplace before and you don't just see one tip, do you? It's like he, he engulfs the entire church, but he also engulfs everyone individually. You get that? So, uh, but, but I, I want you to hear, that it is so important that they receive the Holy Spirit and that they obey the directive of Jesus that they are willing to risk their lives and go back to the place where Jesus was crucified. Anybody got that? How important is this, that we know that we know that we've received the Holy Spirit? So I want to talk about the Holy Spirit and the importance of it, and I want to raise value of Holy Spirit to us and the reception of the Holy Spirit. So if you've got your notes or your Bibles, or your smart devices, however you're going to look at this, uh, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew uh, chapter 25, 24 and 25. I think you may gain some understanding of why on the day of Pentecost these people came by the direction of Jesus to receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about the Holy Spirit in our lives and what it means to live in the fullness and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to understand that it is so essential. It is, it is fundamental, but it is essential. It's necessary for us to receive and live by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to make it a little bit more practical today. Um, now, if you remember in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 3, you remember this moment? Jesus is sitting with his disciples. This is, these are resurrection moments, okay? Where Jesus is sitting with his disciples. They're just getting all about him. And uh, so Jesus already died. He already rose again. Jesus is hanging out with his disciples. And, and he sat on the Mount of Olives. The disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? How many would like to know the sign of the coming of the Lord in the end of the age? Anybody want that? So uh, we kind of want that deeply. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name saying I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. All of these are the beginning of sorrows. Then he goes to another uh, a time and he says, they will deliver you up, uh, to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my namesake. So he's talked about the end. Now, he's, he's, now he gets really personal. He says, guys, uh, there's going to be tribulation. You're going to get killed. You'll be hated, and many will be offended to betray one another and will hate one another. And then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Do you see that? False prophets. How many know there are a lot of false prophets out there? Okay, I mean, he say, well, if, as long as you say Jesus, you're good, and now you, you just believe in a lie. Okay? He's believing a lie. So um, many will be offended and betrayed. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Now, the love of many is the the love of God, the covenant that they have, the agape. How many understand that uh, when you say you love God but you don't obey God, You're not walking in covenant with God. Does that make sense? And I love God just like you do. Really? Do you obey his word? No. Okay, then that's, in scripture, that's called adultery. Okay, it's called adultery. I mean, leave adultery is good. Don't raise your hand right now because people are watching. Okay, so uh, I told you this would be heavy. So he says this. Because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. So even though disciples, even though you're going to be persecuted, even though you're going to be beaten, even though you're going to go through tribulation, I want you to know you hang in there, guys. Don't you give up. Uh, because there's a lot of false prophets, don't start giving false prophecy. Does that make sense? Don't start telling the Pharisees what they need to hear just so they won't uh, uh, offend you. You understand that? How many know that's sometimes what we do? All right? Just kind of make it, it's all sweet. Okay, so keep preaching, Pastor. Luke 21, there will be, Jesus says, there's another moment where we see this, Uh, setting recorded there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity the sea and the waves roaring men's heart failing them from fear uh, and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth Uh, ever read that you know that word fear is also translated terror Uh, and uh, we're living in a world full of terrorism am i right and, and that terrorism has been, was predicted long before that even just the terrorism that we have in our world is predicted. So, But he says this, Then you will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your head. Read these last lines with me. Because your redemption draws near. Say it. Your redemption draws near. Come on, say it. Your redemption draws near. Come on, get close to the Holy Spirit because Jesus is coming back. Anybody believe that? Lift up your hands. I got some good news. Jesus is coming and the signs are literally being fulfilled. Yes. Woo. Yes. That's some good news. I mean, literally. I mean, just... How many have been watching that fighting over Jerusalem? All oh, we did was put an embassy there. And they're fussing and fighting and dying over it. All right, Jerusalem. How many of you have been to Jerusalem? Anybody been to Jerusalem before? That is a strange city to be in, all right? I mean, it's like, it's a city of peace and division. I mean, when we went to Bethlehem, it's been over a decade since we went there. We went to Bethlehem. The citizens, uh, anybody that was uh, Jewish, Israeli, had to get off the bus, because Palestinians controlled uh, Bethlehem. And uh, we could go in, but you couldn't go in if you were Jewish, you couldn't go in. Uh, and I mean, it's like, we're not gonna shoot anybody right now, but we're thinking about it. You know, uh, going up on the Temple Mount, very, very, very odd place. And uh, to see the division right now over that in our world. And listen, listen, pay attention, listen, you might say, well, I'm just not into all that, Pastor. I like to stay positive. Okay, positively Jesus is coming back. And positively there is war all over the world. And positively you need to know that you know Jesus. So I'm being positive. So he says all of this, but he's not done yet. So uh, look with me to Matthew 25. Now listen, I want your families to be better. I want your homes to be better. I want you to have a good life. But more than that, What good is it? I mean, if everybody shows up at Thanksgiving, but nobody's ready when Jesus comes, right? I ain't going over Mom's house. She's gonna be talking about Jesus. How many of you want your family to be ready? Anybody want this? When I was uh, a kid, I had. you know, my, 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 my folks, I've told you about Aunt Josephine before. Aunt Josephine, Uncle David, my daddy, my mamaw, they used to play guitars and sing these old country songs. And one of the ones, and it seems like every time we got together, and all of them but my dad have, have passed on, but uh, we'd get together, they'd get their guitars out, and they had this favorite song that they would sing called, What If We Failed to Get There? It was like the most depressing song ever. Okay? We read of a beautiful city of gold. I'm good at bluegrass. A city so bright and so fair. It's hard for me to sing it. Uh, Anyway, it goes on. And the, the, the tag is, But what if we fail to get there? Oh, don't fail to go through, clear through. Oh, don't fail to prepare. And then Uncle Dave would go, Oh, he'd just keep holding that note forever. And everybody else was saying, If we miss heaven, we'll sink into woe. Don't fail in this life to make ready to go. So what if we fail to get there? And we'd all just get saved again, right there. Boom. Okay. So I used to say, man, I hate this song. Some, I got this love-hate song, relationship with it. Anybody like that? It's like, I love that song. Man, I hate that song. That kind of thing. All right, so look at Matthew 25. Because after Jesus says this, then he gives three parables to back it up. Okay, and here's one, Matthew 25. The kingdom of heaven, uh, the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to 10 virgins. These are bridesmaids, okay? Royal wedding folk, bridesmaids, all okay? right? 10 virgins virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom five of them were wise wise and five of them were foolish now i don't know if this is like statistically accurate when it comes to weddings but quit all right so but while the bridegroom was delayed they all slumbered and slept and at midnight a cry was heard they all at midnight a cry was heard behold the bridegroom is coming go out to meet him And then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. What if we fail to get there? Is that heavy? All right. So everybody is not ready for the return of Jesus. Is that how many would say he's saying that? Everybody's not ready. So as you see in the story, you have these 10 bridesmaids, and they are, again, they're socially akin to one another, but when the bridegroom came and they went out to meet him, now, now remember this, Jesus is talking about his return. He is answering the deeper questions. The disciples just wanted signs, and Jesus says in his signs, There will be false prophets, and there will be, right, there will be false teachers, and the love of many will grow cold. Now let me show you what that looks like. There's going to be a wedding, and people are supposed to be participating in the wedding, but some of them will not be able to participate because they did not properly prepare. Preach Pastor Rick. So, I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to shame you or scare you. Uh, I don't want to, you know, this is not scares, scared straight. It's, it's the Lord's parable and it's kind of clear. And here's, here's a, he's setting something straight about his return. Okay, here it is. Ready? Not everyone who looks like a Christian is a Christian. And not everyone who calls themselves a Christian is a Christian. All right. Got that? I'll take it even further. You might even believe yourself to be a Christian and not be a Christian because of false prophets and false doctrine. And you can believe lies and you say, well, somebody lied to me and I believed it. And that's why I don't have any oil in my lamp. Hear that? But the gospel is clear and it is available. Am I right? Okay, so... I just I want to just can I can I go I just go here maybe I got I got a few points that I need to preach I got five minutes to preach it all so I'll, I'll make I'll say this and then if I have time to preach the rest I will all right who watched the royal wedding all right who couldn't give five cents all right all right so all right so uh, so I I know people are like that and uh, I watch events is what I do I watch events. Because events are important to me, especially world-class events. I watch them not because I believe that they are royalty. I watch it because it's a class, is a world-class event, and it spoke so much to me. Uh, It spoke massive to me because it is a historical moment, not because of Harry and Meghan, but also because of Harry and Megan. And I watched it. I didn't get up at four in the morning and watch it. I did not. Uh, but I knew about it. I did not know all of the things that were going on. I was very moved by a lot of those things. One of the reasons I watched it is because Diane and I, my wife and I, we will be married 37 years on June the 6th. Okay. now You can clap your hands. Okay. We got married a month and a half before Charles and Diana. And we watch their wedding on our black and white TV with aluminum foil antennas, okay? Some of you guys don't even know what I'm talking about. Aluminum foil antennas, what's that, okay? You don't even have antennas on phones anymore. Remember we used to have those? Okay, so we watched it. And they all walked in, and just so you know, Diana, okay, I'm just going to tell you, we spent $99 on Diana's wedding dress. We did. Was it $99? $99. Nine nine dollars, okay, and uh, I got a diamond chip chip for her for our engagement ring. I mean, it was like a chip of a chip, <laughs> but on my friendly family restaurant income, I could afford it. All right, and I was a manager at a friendly's restaurant at the time, so uh, don't make me dip ice cream for you today, because I can do that. All right, and uh, Diane, had, there's a, a little train, you know, she had a veil. Diana's train, the Diana, Princess Diana, her train was like 20 some feet. It was bigger than Megan's if you watched it. And uh, I'm not, I'm just, I'm not busting on the two of them. I'm just saying my marriage was better. That's what I'm saying. Okay. We went to the Richmonddale Church of God and my daddy married us. And uh, we sang to each other and it was a beautiful day for us and we got in our 1974 Pinto runabout and we drove that night all the way to our first apartment which was where our honeymoon was because we had gotten a ministry assignment in Xenia and that's where our honeymoon was right there we took our $100 that we got for our wedding reception and all the cards that we got and bought curtains for the windows (laughs) and here we are 37 years later now, wait, wait. I'm not, I'm not pushing for applause. I'm just saying it's not the size of the building or the size of the train. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's not about everybody that shows up. I am moved by this, all right? And, uh, I, you know, I watch, and I'm not busting those kids, and I pray that Harry and Meghan's wedding is spectacular, or marriage is spectacular. But uh, I don't know if you, I was heavy in my spirit as I watched it. Because I've been watching these guys for a while. Not the royals, the preachers. Okay? The preachers. The Episcopalian brokenness. So I'm not busting on my Episcopalian friends, okay? I got, I got some really great friends in the Anglican church. I do. But there is such brokenness and there is such division. And if you knew the division that was going on with those preachers that were standing up doing that wedding. And some would say, well, that one preacher, man, he could preach. But what you don't know is that preacher that you say could preach also divided the Anglican church. He was a part of the division of the Anglican church because he supports same-sex relationships. So he can preach, but he's also a false prophet. Okay? And that's why the Anglican church in America split in two because there are those who say no matter whether it is popular or not, we are going to stand upon what God's word says. And then there are others that know how to talk, and the spirit of Antichrist was present at the wedding. Now, nobody told you that on CBN, did they? Now you know at Freedom Fellowship, no matter what your brokenness is, we love you, right? And we know if you struggle with same-sex attraction, you know we love you, right? And we care about you. Don't you run off. We love you. We think the world of you and we want to help you and serve you. And whatever your brokenness is, if you're living in adultery, we love you, okay? No matter what your favorite sin is, we love you. But we want, but we are at church today and we want Holy Spirit to come. And we want when you come to church on a Sunday to walk out with oil in your lamp. Because Jesus is coming back. You say, Pastor, this is not popular. You cannot talk like this and expect your church to grow. I understand that eventually I might have somebody take my credentials away from me. I I understand that in the culture that I'm living in right now that there are some places that you can't preach. And this is a webcast right now. And that which I say may be held against me. But I would prefer when the bridegroom comes back to have a lamp that is burning. And I would prefer... For those of you that are with me also, when you come to the house and when you leave the house, you actually have something that will cause fire to be there. That which distinguishes the bride... You wanted the truth today, right? That which distinguishes them as ready or unready... It's not necessarily just their clothes but it's the oil that they possess. So I'm going to say this, one there is no substitute for the Holy Spirit in our lives. I wait 10 days if it takes me. I will tarry in the upper room whatever it anybody with me on this. And at the midnight cry the bridegroom is coming. And the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for your lamps are going out. Now, listen, what distinguishes them as foolish is not their education level. What distinguishes them as foolish is not being prepared with oil. And, and this story, the possession of oil, distinguishes the true from the false and the wise from the foolish. And the oil in this story represents, I believe, the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's been sent to fill our lives. He takes the place. How many many are grateful that he he doesn't just want us to stop sinning? How many understand that? See, right now, some of you say, well, Pastor just wants me to stop sinning. No, I don't. I don't want you to stop sinning. I don't. It's not what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life and remove the old nature and give you a new nature. Because there are those of us who just think at church that all the preachers do is they say, don't do this and don't do that. No, 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 no. The problem with doing that is my nature. And as long as all we do is stop sinning and never welcome the Holy Spirit to come into our lives and remove the old nature and give us a new one, then we will continually perpetuate the same lifestyle. That's why uh, Peter said, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What? What? What is that? Spirit life. Anybody remember how you used to be? Anybody remember how you used to be? How many? Nobody? Anybody remember how you used to be? The things you would do? Anybody remember that? It's like you wouldn't even think about it. Are you kidding? Wouldn't even think about it. Yeah. We're talking about. St. Patrick's Day. I'm going to be drunk. What are you talking about? How many remember those days? Somebody that, that was last month. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we have this parallel: the death, resurrection of Jesus, and the outpouring of the Spirit. Our confession of Jesus is saying, "I'm ready to die. I'm ready to go to the cross." and die to my old self. Baptism is going into the grave and coming out declaring I believe in Jesus and Holy Spirit coming into our life is the way that we now live our new lives. Don't overcomplicate this thing. So uh, Holy Spirit comes and he's the major topic of the New Testament. In Scripture, he is the friend of the bridegroom. He is the one that Jesus sent as our helper and comforter. Jesus said he would actually be like me. Jesus said he's going to be like me. Uh, 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 He's your comforter. He's going to be walking with you. So, uh, in other words, he is going to put us in touch with, it'd be like walking with Jesus. He's going to lead us into all truth. He's going to give us the power to live in the age of darkness, oil in my lamp. Everything that these virgins needed, these these bridesmaids needed to successfully navigate the midnight hour to find the bridegroom was given them from the possession of oil. Do you see that? The five foolish virgins could not make the journey because they lacked oil. And this story is about the possession of oil. And I want to say... We were designed by God to live under the power of the Holy Spirit and not under our own power. Somebody thank God that Jesus died on the cross for us, all right? He did that, but when Jesus died, look at Matthew 27, verse 50. Jesus cried out in a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And so... When, when, man, when man sinned, in Genesis, when man sinned, the Spirit of God departed from man, and God brought a tabernacle and ultimately a temple into, in, 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 into Israel, and that's where he dwelt, behind a curtain. Anybody remember this in the Old Testament? So where did the Spirit of God dwell? Behind a curtain, on the Ark of the Covenant. But when Jesus died, it was, the curtain was torn in two. Hallelujah. And so now what you need to understand, 1 Corinthians 6, uh, 2 Corinthians 6, you need to understand, but now we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't live behind a curtain. Give can, can me that little bag there, Mom. Thank you. All right. Anybody ever seen one of these? All right. That is the Freedom Fellowship water bottle in case you have never seen one. Isn't that cool? You like that? You know what it's supposed to contain? Water. You know what you don't put in this? Coffee. All right. How many of you know you put water in this? All right? You put water in it and then you pop it out like this and then you can squirt it on people or you're running your drinking, okay? That is the Freedom Fellowship water bottle. Anybody like that? All right. All right. And this is the Freedom Fellowship hot hot cup, okay? You put hot stuff in here, all right? Now you can put cold stuff in here too, but I mean it's especially designed if all you're going to do is drink water take that one okay but if you're a coffee drinker how many are coffee drinker on the way to work anybody coffee drinker and you need you probably need one of these things cuz and uh, these are really cool these are unique vessels designed uniquely for coffee and water and i want you to know that you are designed uniquely as a vessel you get this? You are a vessel of the Holy Spirit. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Come on. Don't try to put water in your gas tank. Doesn't work. You are designed to receive Holy Spirit in your life. How many know I'm telling you the truth right now? So the good news for all of us today is the Holy Spirit is a gift of, of grace. So Uh, I don't know what's happened in your life. I don't know where you are right now, but you're designed for the Holy Spirit. You say, my life is a mess, and pastor, I've got all kinds of desires. I do things according to the way I feel and not because of the Holy Spirit. I'm not getting direction from the Holy Spirit. You know, when Diane and I got married, again, did I tell you it was 37 years ago in two weeks? Okay, but one thing we did do is we not only got married, but we committed our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. Just, it was a, I think marriage should be that. And now here's the problem. Uh, God doesn't want to just give you a ticket to heaven. He wants to change some things in your life. I, I said my prayer, Pastor, and now I'm saved. And I'm telling you, you're saved because Holy Spirit comes into your life. So I'm trying to move through this. Just everybody, bow your heads. I, I got two more points. Just bow your heads just for a moment, okay? Just bow your heads okay just repeat this prayer after me okay you ready jack and jill went up a hill to fetch a pail of water jack came down and broke his crown and jill came tumbling after okay just lift up your eyes if you said those words with me right now i want you to know that jesus came into your life say what that's pretty much the way we do it can i get an amen now, I pray prayers with people and had you repeat prayers after me, but I want you to know that just because you said a prayer does not mean the Spirit of God has come into us. All right? It's like sometimes we just say prayers because I want to feel better about all the stuff that I did. Well, I said that prayer so I feel better. No, no. We are supposed to be, anybody with me, come on Pentecost Sunday. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And somebody's just filled with Jack or Jill. And the midnight cries come in, you say, well, you know, I'm going to be with Jesus. The question is, did you go through with this thing? And going through with it is, welcome, Holy Spirit. Come on, say that. Welcome, Holy Spirit. The cost of the oil, and that's what the, they say, the, the wise uh, virgins say to the foolish ones, you need to go and buy your oil. What is the cost of the oil? The cost of the oil is a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And therefore, that relationship It's gonna take some time. Anybody agree with that? Uh, You can't enjoy the benefits that the Holy Spirit brings in your life without knowing Him, and uh, and if you if and you will not know Him unless you spend something time. Somebody shout time. The way we spend our time reflects some things. How many believe the way we spend our time reflects whether we truly are saved? Does anybody believe that? How many believe the way we spend our time also reflects whether or not we're dependent upon the Holy Spirit? In Zechariah 4 and 6, there's this scripture. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Uh, Zerubbabel, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. I love the name Zerubbabel because we always say it different ways. Sometimes we say Zerubbabel, you know, or however you want to say it. I don't care. But it means born confused. All right? Zerub means born. And Babel, Tower of Babel, means confused. So listen to the word. Listen, Zerub, Listen, born confused. You were born confused, and you've been living confused, and, and ever since and now, you're trying to do some good, but you're not having any success. And this is the word of the Lord to all of us who were born confused. It is not by might, it is not by power, but it is by my spirit, says the Lord. Preach that. Anybody married? You know why you're so confused? Because you can't do marriage without the Holy Spirit. That's the personality of God. The more time you spend with God, the more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How many believe that's the fruit of the Spirit? Because that's what the Word of God says. Man, we're just, she's not patient. I mean, he's just always yelling at me. Why are you kind? The personality of the Holy Spirit is, come on, it is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. If you would invite a Holy Spirit and if you would pray just once a day would be nice. I gave you candles and everything. The time I spend with God and the time I spend with. The way I yield the Holy Spirit dramatically affects my marriage. Did I tell you I've been married for almost 37 years? Almost 37 years. After 37 years of my relationship with her, my ability to deal with troubled people and difficult people is, it dramatically affects my life. I say, Pastor, will you counsel with me? Yes, but I want you to know what you say will affect me. Dramatically affects me. It is warfare. Here's what I found after living in weakness and struggle and calling on Him for help. God loves it when I call on Him. He does not despise our weakness. In fact, our weakness is an invitation for Him into our lives. James 4 and 6. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. So wise virgins virgins here knew that they needed oil and they spent their time gathering all they could because they knew the bridegroom was coming. Foolish virgins rejected their need for oil in the midnight hour. All they wanted to do was have a party when Jesus got back. Come on. There is a pattern of power in our lives. We all need power in our lives. All right? So, again, quality time of the Holy Spirit Equals the level of power in our lives. Quality time with the Holy Spirit. I love Isaiah 40. And I have to finish in three minutes, so let me, let me hit this and pray. All right? Just look at this last portion of the Scripture. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. You see that? But those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Does that sound like anybody here? Sounds like some of us, doesn't it? How many have been hit before? The word weight there means is, is kava. It is to bind together by twisting. To twist together. To patiently tie up. Anybody remember this song? I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up in Jesus. Come on, old folks. Anybody? Nobody knows that? Wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up in God. Nobody remembers that but me. Uh, old people, I love me. Alright, so listen. <laughs> If you say I'm in relationship with God, you need to be wrapped up, tied up, twisted up. It takes time. Luke 24, 49. Jesus says, I'm sending you the promise of my Father, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued. With power from on high. What Jesus is saying is, I want you to go and I want you to wait. I'd like you to spend 10 days seeking me for a while. Everybody still believe in tearing before God? I know you like Happy Meal Holy Ghost. Like, got it. I want my prize. I want my cheeseburger. I want my fries. And Jesus says, no, I want you to go back to the place where they crucified me. I want you to go into that room and I want you to wait on me. In Luke 4 and 14, the Bible says Jesus, he went into the wilderness, but when he returned, he returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. Jesus had all of God's power because God had all of Jesus' time. There's so much more there. Let's just say, no more microwave Christianity. Can we say that? And, and when it comes to the Holy Spirit, be careful, okay? Because we do through our Pentecostal heritage, sometimes have a zap-slap mentality when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Okay? Who needs the Holy Spirit right now? Zap-slap! Boom! Got it. All right. Uh, How many know you need more than a zap and a slap? I ought to got an amen from somebody. Now, I'm not picking on that. I'm just saying we need more of that. We need more of the presence of God. Okay, finally, everything you need is in the presence of the Lord. How many have ever messed up before? I mean, messed up. I mean... Come on, we're my imperfect people. Let me say this as we close. Jesus, G- the Father sent Jesus, his Son, to die for us so he could be in our presence. I want you to think about this. Uh, I want you to understand that God wants to be in your presence more than you want to be in his. Just say, Welcome, Holy Spirit. Would somebody say that? Welcome, Holy Spirit. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Luke 24 and 49, Jesus said, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem. Uh, and that wasn't just a one time event. This is a pattern of power in all of our lives. Um, for me, I feel better coming to church. Anybody else? How many feel better just being in the house? Anybody else? I just love being here. I love... Oh, They can't see me on the webcast. I'm down here, guys. So I love being right here. Anybody old school that used to, when we had prayer time, it's like, come on, let's all come and pray right now. Anybody remember that? I was talking about it before service to somebody today. I can remember during all services falling asleep laying there in the altar and drooling all over something. Anybody besides me ever done that? Okay, thank you. Thank you for those confessions. God sees those hands. Listen. Sometimes we're just so busy and I think we forget that I don't want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to be constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. And one of the reasons we come and hear the Word of God is because we need Holy Spirit in our lives. And we need to spend time, am I right, in his presence. Jeremiah twenty-nine, thirteen. I had this hanging in my office. Picked it up at Hobby Lobby, I think, hung it on my wall. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. Hallelujah. Let's get some action steps here. Everybody stand with me. Everybody stand with me. Here's some questions for you. You can can answer them in your notes. How will I wait on the Lord? How are you going to wait on the Lord? What does that mean to you? Start taking pictures of this. This is good. How will I wait on the Lord? When will I pray and worship? Every Sunday that I can get to church. But we all come in shifts. So that means like, (laughs) never mind. How will I pray in worship? How many pray with your... Any married people in the room? Anybody? If you're married, lift your hand. Okay. All right. Uh, do you pray together? If you don't... Let me get my disappointed face. Really? You don't pray together? Yeah, we just, we're just not into that. Show me that somewhere. Show me how that's good for you, how that's healthy. Husbands, if you're married and you're not praying praying with your wife, and your wife says, Well, you know, I'm waiting, you know, I would if he would. Just take some leadership. It's not that difficult. Let me tell you why. Because you love to put your arms around your sweetheart. Next time you put your arms around her, pull her tight and then say, Father, I just thank you for this woman that you have given me and I thank you for our marriage and for our home and Holy Spirit bless us and keep us folks it is the most intimate thing that you can do you say pastor I can think of other intimate things no no those things might make you happy but there's nothing like praying with a person that you love praying with your kids how will I deal with conflict the way that you deal with conflict is directly connected to whether or not the Holy Spirit is controlling your life, if the Holy Spirit is controlling, listen. I'm going to show you how to deal with conflict right now. Come, Holy Spirit, you and your, you and your somebody, you and your kids. If you're, you're fighting, say, "Look, I know that this is intense. Let's pray first, and let's ask the Holy Spirit to lead us." That's just silly, Mom. Don't be praying. That's the spirit of the Antichrist. Okay? How many know God can heal your families? Uh. Where will I seek God? Find a place in your home, some place where you'll seek God. How will I change my spiritual environment? That's a typo. How will I change the spiritual environment of my home? How will i how will I do that? How will I impact the spiritual environment in my world, people that you work with? Oh. Anybody want to pray with me? All right, I know we got people waiting to come in the building, so would you Let's come down here and stand together. Could we just come down here? Come down and stand. We're going to pray. Oh, man. Watch me, Wes. Does anybody fill their car with praise and worship or anything like that or their home? I mean, it's okay to play easy listening music and some love songs. But first of all you need to know that the love songs usually don't talk about the love that God's talking about. Squeeze in just shove people in front of you unless they have babies in their arms. Squeeze on in. In fact, if you can't if you can't smell the cologne on the person in front of you, you're not close enough, okay? Or the lack thereof, okay? Or whatever you smell. Come on, come on down. Come on down. Okay. I was devastated. In 2001, I was just hurting. So deeply and so bad and just felt like God had abandoned me and I was the pastor of your church. I was just hurting so bad that day and uh, I just had a practice of one of the ways that I have to deal with is that I have to be in the presence of the Lord. Okay? If not, I feel so deeply it can just stop me in my tracks and it had pretty much stopped me in my tracks that day. I was depressed. I was afraid and I picked up A cd by dennis jernigan i don't know if anybody knows dennis jernigan anymore but dennis jernigan i am a major fan of dennis jernigan and uh and i'm diana's driving and we're headed we have a long trip we're headed to withville virginia to go to a conference i'm can't really wait to get there because I'm resigning every position I had in my hands. I didn't want to be on any boards and committees. I didn't want to lead anybody's worship. I was just going to come back and pastor my church instead of everybody else's hair. And uh, I popped that CD in. Jesus, cannot tell the story. <laughs> I've tried several times. But the music came on. Um, and it was it was this song. I, just follow me if you want to. Uh... You are so good in your mercy. You've taken what I cannot bear. Taken a life that was broken and making it beautiful beyond compare. Jesus. I got in the wrong key. And what the locusts have eaten, my God can restore. Ah. Ah. And what the enemy's taken, my Lord gives me more. And my Father... will heal my heart when my heart's torn. There's nothing that my Father cannot restore. That is a song. Okay, okay now, I'm done singing. So, here I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you're broken, if you're hurting, if you're sad... You don't just need a counselor, you need Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, if your family is a mess, if, if your job is a mess, if your finances are a mess, more than anything, you need a Holy Spirit. This world needs more royalty, needs you to become temples of the Holy Spirit so you can be men and women, kings and queens, come on, princes and princesses of Almighty God. Come on, lift your hands and welcome him. Everybody, just welcome him. Play that other song you were playing. All right, where this Spirit of the Living God fall fresh on me. Spirit of the Living. now make that your prayer. May the Lord bless you and keep you as my prayer. May the Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Terry for the next few moments before you leave. Just Terry for the next few moments, and then be, be dismissed. Open the doors for second service. Then come on in find a seat whenever they want to. All right? Uh, may the Lord bless you. Just Terry, just for a moment.